Greetings, Rink Rats. I hope you are all doing well and had a wonderful Thanksgiving. My name is Andy Campbell. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 9 of Chicago Ringcast. And unfortunately, we have a lot to cover tonight. And I do say unfortunately because if you have been following the Chicago Blackhawks, they haven't exactly been in the news for on-ice things yet again. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But we've got a great cast tonight. We have Jeff Osborne, the Bard, Eric Andrews, and Brent Meske here with us. Jeff Osborne, how are you, gatekeeper? What's going on, my friend? I am good. Uh, I would be better with with the uh, recent news. I would be better, but uh, I am representing my boys at the Burbank Fire Department tonight. All right. They gave me a special shirt, so I, I have to shout out to the boys at the Burbank Fire Department. Excellent. Sounds good. Bardo, you hanging in there, man? Good Thanksgiving. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Still full from Thanksgiving, but all good. Excellent. And Brent, how have you been, my friend? Haven't seen you in a little while. Welcome back. I'm being yelled at on Twitter about Corey Perry. And- <laughs> <laughs> you I- fit with this group so well. That happens. That I tweeted that thread out and did not expect it to blow up the way that it did. So know. that's been a fun 24 hours. But oh, is that your you- well-said thread? Yeah, thank you yeah. to the uh, people that have responded that actually have a functioning brain. That's yeah. nice to hear. Well said, Fred. Is that what we're going to call Brent from now on? Well said, Fred? There you go. That works. And Eric Andrews, our uh, content editor and um, avid card collector, who we hope is uh, trying to get deals to move all of his Corey Perry cards at the moment. How are we doing today, Eric? Doing well. I must say I don't have uh, really any notable Corey Perry cards, and that's probably a good thing. Good. That's great. That's good. That's good. Probably because they weren't worth jack shit in the first place. It'd be be tough to give those away right now. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, folks, if you're following the Chicago Blackhawks and you've had your head in the sand or you've been really, really busy the last few days and you don't know what's going on, we'll recap some of that. Corey Perry, healthy scratch. Um, Last week, right before puck drop, when they were going to look into a matter, has since been terminated by the Chicago Blackhawks. They terminated his contract for violation of team conduct, and something went down. We don't even we don't exactly know what happened. There are rumblings that it had to do with an employee. It happened on the road. Uh, it happened when the team was away from home. And um, Corey Perry is no longer in a Chicago Blackhawk uniform. You will not see him. That was a very, very short-lived Corey Perry uh, tenure in Chicago. So for those of you that didn't want him here, don't like him in the first place, uh, you can now resume your Corey Perry hating uh, safely. Um, at any rate, it's uh, one of those, yeah, which was Brent's awesome quote, not mine. Um, anyway, um, the Blackhawks continue to be exhausting off the ice, um, and it's getting very tiresome. We're going to get into the Corey Perry stuff right now, but first, guys, any of you have any initial thoughts on what is going on with Corey Perry, what you're hearing um, the move and how the Blackhawks handled it, etc. And let's just start to kick the tires with a little bit. Obviously, there's one rumor out there that is incredibly untrue and inaccurate, and shame on you for believing it if you're believing it, and then shame on you for whoever's starting it and running with it and keeps it going. 
That aside, let's get down to what we do know and what we don't know. I'm going to start with Eric Andrews because um, he's a good guy, and I'm very curious on his insight. Eric, how are you feeling about all the, the Corey Perry stuff that's going on right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously, of course, it's unfortunate. You know, not much more needs to be said about that. But as far as the Blackhawks' response to it, I don't think that there's really too much more that anyone could have asked in this situation. You know, they they became aware of the issue, yeah, you know, and uh, immediately removed him from the team and started looking into it right away, yeah. and came to the conclusion that his conduct was not appropriate, and then proceeded with you know, permanently removing him from the team. So, um, you know, I, I really don't know what more anyone could have wanted for their reaction to that and how they handled it. Um, and, you know, of course, with the Kyle Beach incident, obviously now seeing this, uh, you know, how they handled it uh, is, is definitely encouraging, you know, knowing that they were wanting to be, uh, you know, a lot stricter with things and, um, you know, just, I mean, frankly, handling things properly. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so the fact that it seems like they really did, uh, you know, act quickly and appropriately with this is, is definitely encouraging. Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, I, so now we, we've got a comment right in right away uh, from Robert Brown. Robert, thank you for listening and thank you for participating. Question, the drunken argument at a dinner with Blackhawks executives present. That's one thing that, uh, you know, some rumors that are going around that there was some sort of function in Corey Perry. Um, you know, acted inappropriately in some way, shape, or form. I, the only thing I, I we can say about that, and I don't know if any of you have anything to say about this, uh, any of my uh, my colleagues here, but we really don't know. Um, I, I don't know, and, and I don't know if there will ever be a public uh, message to the fans saying, you know, I mean, it, it's not exactly, I, I, I don't think it'd be Kyle Davidson's style uh, to call another press conference and go, hey, we know there's a lot of rumors out there, but here's exactly what happened. Um, yeah, what, he, what he's referring to. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bardo. No, I, I was going to say what he's referring to, I believe, was the Emily Kaplan report that um, right. basically said that there was a team function in Nashville and it was attended by um, Blackhawks executives as well as sponsors. Right. And so, you know, and, and I guess he got a little, you know inebriated let's call it yeah. and and again this is all a report this not, has not been confirmed it's just, just what sources are telling emily kaplan from espn um that that he something happened inappropriate that he did we don't know what that is um but it was then reported i guess the next day or that night um two team executives two hr who then, you know, obviously they were en route to Columbus and then that's when Corey Perry got pulled and, you know, they investigated it. So um, obviously the Blackhawks are very sensitive right now with everything that went on with the Kyle Beach situation. Um, so anything that they hear, there's going to be a zero tolerance policy. And, and, you know, look, if an employee, you know, felt uncomfortable, you know, they have every right and they should uh, step forward and say, this happened to me, I'm uncomfortable because this, you know, uh, you know, they could take it steps further and press charges. I mean, there's a lot that they can do, but I don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, that's essentially that's reportedly, I should say, what happened. Right. So, um, and, but you're 100 percent right. Um, Kyle Davidson's not going to call a press conference. We'll find out for sure what happened. Um, you know, through just you know reporting and leaks and all that other stuff. But that's it. 
Yeah, no, good call. I appreciate it. So now the NHLPA has 60 days to file a grievance, if I was seeing that correctly, on yep. to see if he was, you know, terminated without cause or – now, I don't even know what that means. I mean, Gate, do you have any idea what that means? Is that something like if they find out that he was terminated inappropriately, can he sue the Blackhawks or something like that? I don't I, – yeah, I don't know. They, he may be <clears> – <throat> the Blackhawks may be on the hook for the money part of it, it. Um, because they basically – you know, he's not going to get paid for the entire year right. like he should have. So they may be on the hook for the money, but I don't think they're going to reinstate. They're not going to get to a point where they're going to re- be able to reinstate him. So that's not going to happen. Well, not with the Cox, but, you know, I mean, I right. Right. I mean, there's a well, similar, I mean, it's- yeah, similar incident with a, the current head coach of the Boston Bruins, Jim Montgomery, when he was in, yeah, you know, Dallas. And there was some sort of report of some sort of team function where he had had a few too many. And they, you know, they he was obviously dropped by the Dallas Stars, but then. You know, is now still back in the league, but and yeah, right. And, and and I would say right now he's he's not accused of anything, right? You know, that's against the law. It's just basically a moral thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, he could probably sign tomorrow with whoever, and right. the league yeah. probably isn't going to make a big deal about it. It depends on what he wants to do. I would assume. You know, it's not like. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be an automatic thing. It's not because if he yeah. doesn't want to pursue it, it's embarrassing probably. And yeah. he may just want to let it go and be like, Hey, listen, I want to move on go somewhere else or do whatever. And right. that's fine. He, he's that's his right to do that. Um, I think the I PA think is going to file something because I don't think they want to set a precedent um, that they're, they wouldn't support their player, um, right. you know, being that they are a union. So I think they're going to do that. It may be window dressing, so I'm saying that they're going to do it, but it's going to be with a caveat. But they may not have a leg to stand on, and they may do it regardless because you know, look, there's moral things within there within these contracts. So, quite frankly, like they may just do it and say, "Okay, we're doing it because we need to show that we're we back our player." They well, and, unless the NA and unless the NHLPA has changed their stance, they have left players hung out to dry before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did it to Patrick Kane. I mean, yeah, there was, yeah. there was, you know, when Patrick Kane was going through stuff and, uh, you know, I know they got a new head and, and all that stuff, but, uh, it wouldn't be the first time the NHLPA didn't do anything. And it, and, and I don't want to go on a side, I don't want to go to side yeah. bender, but if anyone saw that thing with Scott Darling and what he said about the players oh, yeah. program and the NHLPA and all that stuff and how they're a bunch of crooks and all that stuff, like, yep. you know, yeah, what do you, you call them? Monsters? Did you say they're yeah. monsters? Yes, said, they're you know, monsters. If you want, if you want to get help, you got to do it on your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Said, don't go through player assistance. They're monsters. I mean, that's yeah. what he said verbatim. So, yeah. Brent, Brent, what do you think? I mean, do you think the Hawks acted appropriately doing this swiftly? I mean, again, we don't, we don't really know exactly what happened, and we know about what was reported in the Emily Kaplan article. But, or is this a just? You know, is this a byproduct of the sensitivity of what the Hawks have dealt with in the past? And so they just don't want any BS right now. This was a different year, a different team. Would they just be like, well, let's just be like, Corey, you can't do that, buddy. I mean, it very well could be overblown to a sense because of the Kyle Beach thing. But I would rather be a fan of a team that takes these types of things seriously rather than doesn't. So, I mean, I think my big problem with everybody's reaction to it is Kyle Davidson had nothing to do with Beach and Aldrich. He wasn't here. Like nope. if I'm gonna sit back and think that there's a cover up anywhere, my number one spot is probably gonna be looking at Winnipeg. 
Because guess who's in charge there? Shovel Day off. Shovel Day off. Yep. He was assistant GM with Bowman. I think it was Seth, like he knew. I think he was part of that report. And he still has a job. Yeah. So why look at Davidson? He had nothing to do with it. He wasn't here. I mean, it's just ridiculous that he's getting essentially shit on for working for the Hawks. Right. I mean, it's not on him. He's clearly stated, I want to be more transparent. I want to be open with fans. And I think yesterday was as open and transparent as he could be in that situation. Yeah, and he's clearly not totally okay okay with it either. I mean, he's very sad about it. And that was a lot of my argument on that thread with a couple individuals too. It's like, that's not how business works. You can't just air out why someone was fired. If you walked into your office tomorrow and George, two cubicles down, was fired, you're not going, hey, why was he fired? I deserve it. Yeah, right. Let's get on Twitter and stir the pot here. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they're a company. Yeah, they're a sports team. Do what they want. Friends. You feel like you need to know. Of course, I think all five of us can say, like, I would love to know exactly what happened. It's yeah. not my right to, though. Like, they owe no. me no explanation. So no, I think, I, yeah, yeah I think that's really my main problem with it is give Davidson a chance. Like everything he's done to this point says that he's different and he's going to be transparent and hold people accountable. So. Right. Until he's proven otherwise, and that's why I put it in the thread. If this was all an act and smoke and mirrors and it comes out, guess what? He's going to get fired. Like, he's going to have to wear that. Like, if he, if this is all an act and, you know, the stupid rumor is true by some absurd change of events, which it's not. Like, no chance. Bill Davidson is going to have to – he's not going to get away with it. This no. isn't just smoke and mirrors. Like, he has no reason to lie here. No. What reason does he have? No, I totally agree. And and Sean Fitzgerald, who who's not with us tonight, he's a regular on this podcast. And I feel well, feel better, Shawnee. You know, just wrote in that they I had. Thought, I thought this was an obituary. <laughs> Sean is not no longer with us. Sorry, he's not here tonight. Nobody cares. <laughs> we care, Sean. Nobody cares, Sean. Nobody cares. We care a lot, Sean, and that's why we're talking about you. Well, anyway, he wrote they have to hold themselves to a higher standard because of the past. Absolutely, and if that higher standard is yeah, if you're going to be a meatball, we don't want you around here. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay. I mean, what, what? I mean, it's Corey Perry. Like, it's like, okay, we signed this guy because we need to, you know, hit the salary floor. You know, he's not a long-term fixture. He's not part of the rebuild. They traded like, for him. That's one thing that I, I had to relook up when I wrote the article on that. They actually right. traded for Corey Pay- Perry, and he came over with Felino. That's right. I mean, uh, he he didn't come out. The other the other one was for Felino, but he did. They traded yeah, for Corey Felino Perry Hall. Yeah. to take him off of Tampa Bay's. Uh, and look, yeah. this is also a team that's trying to, you know, reestablish and rebuild a culture. I mean, and, and you can't have shit like that happening. No, and if you're um, if you're coming over, you're we brought they brought him over to be a veteran presence on a young team to set a good example for young players. And if he's not doing it, kick him to the curb. I mean, basically, you know, the the line that everyone has heard or maybe even said is that they brought him in to teach him teach the younger guys how to be a pro and act like a pro. And he basically went absolutely against that if the reports are accurate. They put an yeah. A on his sweater. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, they wanted him to be the example. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, I don't. I mean, you know, you, you do have the young guys that are that were probably at that party, if that's what happened. You know, that were like, "Whoa, look at Corey tonight." And I think it's totally fine to show the younger guys like that's not how we do things around here anymore. You know, if that's if that's in fact what happened. You know, Brent, what what else you got for us on this matter? 
I think I just had one thing that I took away from that press conference that I haven't really seen anyone talk about. I thought it was weird that like the whole point was we kind of misscouted Corey Perry in a way, like we didn't get the right information. Yeah. Wasn't that Luke Richardson's guy in Montreal? Like, was this truly a one-off thing or does Luke yeah, Richardson need to be held accountable? Like, what yeah. is this? Like, cause if this is something that was there and Luke Richardson is just saying, you know what I like and trust the guy, like that falls on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously we have nothing saying that like, that is the fact. I just kind of thought about that. Like what we all kind of know, nobody really likes Corey Perry on the ice, but up until this, like, especially seeing him with the Hawks, like, he seemed like a decent guy off the ice. Like, he seemed like he cared. He was trying, like, doing stuff with the community, with the kids. Like, mm-hmm. so it didn't seem like it meshed. But then you get that of, like, is there that background? Like, did people know? Did Richardson know? It just felt weird to me that, like, we don't have, we had that background between Luke and Corey. And then this kind of comes out of left field. Yeah, good that, point by Shawnee. What's that? That was a good point by Sean. Uh, Montreal had Bergevin uh, as the GM during Perry's tenure there in Montreal. So, you know, he was part of that cover-up in 2010. So, um, you know, you, if you start to kind of like, you know, create the links, if you will, um, then there, there's it's possible. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the, Maybe he had some other things that he did up there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, all speculation. I, so, yeah, and that was the only other weird connection that I saw. That like, mm-hmm. it, I don't really think there's a strong thing there, but it's a little weird that like within the matter of a week, you wanted Milan Lucic, he resigns, you got Corey Perry instead. Like that's a little weird. I don't think there's any correlation there. Like, they, they no, you can't just no. predict. But it's that's weird. You yeah, like, you guys uh, within a week were yeah. on, I mean, one it, and two on your list. Like that's yeah, weird. I don't know. I mean, that there could be, yeah, I, I don't know. It could be just completely circumstantial. Oh, I'm sure it is. I, just, <laughs> I looked at that, I was like, that is weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't scout that stuff. Like, you can't no. ask the guy, like, oh, hey, are you going to be a problem for us? Like, of course the answer is no. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't. You know, to to those, and I just wanted to mention this real quick, and anyone else jump in, but you know, to the to the people out there that didn't get their information fast enough, and in modern day society, you have to have that for whatever reason, in electronic form or viral, and who started those rumors about another player's family? That's just I, to the point where people are actually believing that, or texting people and say, "Is this true? Is this true?" I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I got so many text messages yesterday from people that I haven't talked to. Someone who I hadn't talked to in years saying, can you believe this? Is this true about your Hawks? And it's just the fact that that happened and that people are so bored. Yeah. Go get a hobby. Go meet somebody. Instead of starting rumors about an 18-year-old kid and his family. <clears throat> this stuff happened with Kane, too, when they didn't, Disgusting. when they didn't, when all the Kane stuff didn't come out. Um, the, the, the fans were, you know, there was a lot of assumptions and things like that so it did happen but the one thing uh, that i wanted to take away from that is like i can understand you know i understand there's 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 people around the league that are not fans of the blackhawks and they want to dunk on the blackhawks and they want to dunk on the bedard thing i get it i understand it i don't agree with it i think it's stupid Mm -hmm. but i get that it's coming 
Sure. Where I do not understand is Blackhawks fans. You were handed this generational talent because you know you won the the draft lottery. You have this generational talent. He's the next Taze, next Kane, whatever. And in his rookie season, twenty games into the season, you're going to run with a rumor something about his family. I mean, what what more could put a sour taste in someone's mouth to want to stay in a city right. when you, you you know you attack his family twenty games into his rookie season? Like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. It's not funny. It's not cool. Like you're you're piling on to something that's terrible and is going to make a player feel awful in his family. Like, stop. Like, we want this guy to stick around. We want him yeah. to be a career Blackhawk. We don't want to chase him away by you acting like a jerk online mm-hmm. because you think you're dumb. You think you're you think you're clever, and you're the 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 four millionth person to make that joke. You know, it's just like it doesn't make any sense to me from that yeah. point of view. No, I I totally agree. It's just I it's it's sickening. It's nonsense, and it's just it it, it was so quiet on the Corey Perry front. Well, the Blackhawks were doing the investigation that that led to boredom and rumors. I mean, I, I I don't know how else you spin it, but it's just I don't know. I mean, we can go on and on about that. I guess Matt, Matt Piznarski, good, really good question. Will the Hawks be stuck with the penalty cap with Corey Perry's cap hit? Eric, you had some thoughts on that when we were DMing and breaking down what he signed for, what that structure was, and what the Hawks are on the hook for. Do you mind commenting on that? Yeah, so uh, as many people know, his contract was for $4 million total. Now, half of that was a signing bonus, so he got the $2 million up front. So the remaining $2 million was an actual playing salary that was obviously spread out over the course of the season. So being a quarter of the way through the season, roughly, that means he, he earned roughly half a million dollars. So essentially that $1.5 million that was left uh, he's essentially forfeiting by having the contract terminated. And as far as the cap implications for the team, uh, that contract is gone. Now, of course, if it is, um, you know, if something happens with the, the grievance with the PA, you know, maybe something could change. But as of how it stands today, that contract is as if it never was even signed in the first place as far as the cap, yeah. cap implications right, right. moving forward. And it's not as if they're in cap problem anyway. So, you yeah. know, well, they're, they're, it's actually interesting because, and, you know, maybe we can lead this into the Anthony Beauvillier discussion, but yeah. with Taylor Hall's injury and now Perry being gone, they were actually dangerously close to the cap floor. Mm-hmm. So that's why they went out and got Beauvillier, not only just for the roster spot and to get another NHL, you know, level player, but they actually needed the money because if they didn't do that, they were like one injury away from no longer being cap compliant and being underneath the floor. Mm-hmm. What's the Why pen- didn't they just go out and sign Phil Kessel? Oh, right. no, God. What, what, is the, what is the penalty if you're not cap compliant? Like what, what happens to a team in the middle of the season if you're not cap compliant? Two minutes for tripping. <laughs> Everybody on the ice gets a 10-minute misconduct. No, but seriously, does anyone – I'm just curious. Like do you lose a pick? Do you – you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's probably something of that, that nature. Yeah, I would. Th- I think it actually might be a, a financial. Um, Could be that too, like a finan- just a fine. Financial like penalty. Yeah. Okay. yeah, no, that'd be interesting to find mm-hmm. out. But 
At any rate, I mean, so we'll get into the signing of Bolivia in just a second. But Corey Perry's gone, folks. He ain't coming back. Maybe he'll be on another NHL team. I think the general consensus is the Blackhawks. You know, they they had something that they needed to deal with, and they dealt with it. Now, if any of you out there, I just want to say this last thing, and, and anyone can comment on it if they want to. But if anyone really wants to question a similar circumstance in the old re- regime versus the new regime, 20 years ago, the old regime hired someone to follow around Theo Fleury to make sure he wasn't drinking and going to strip clubs. And they paid this person $65,000 a year. That's handling it poorly. Mm -hmm. That's handling a situation like that poorly. You know, here we had an incident. The Hawks said, just get him out. So if you're looking for comparisons on something of this fabric between the old and the new, you've got it right here. So, you know, Kyle Davidson had a very tough job to do yesterday and he did it pretty well. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I think he handled is is the best he could have. Yep. They removed totally the guy from the situation immediately. They sent him home. They did their investigation. They found it. Found their investigation. Found that he was you know reckless or whatever. They terminated his contract and they're done with it. They yeah. they did it what they should. Now the meatballs will say he didn't because he they didn't come out and say Corey Perry came down came out and whipped it out on the table in front of all these people. Well, that's that's the and guys like Mark yeah. Giordano, who are still going, well, they still need to tell us more. For what? For you, Mark? Like, for what? Like, they don't need to do anything. I don't know. And there's, you know, we there's a lot of legalities probably that we don't know about. Um, yeah, when you terminate a contract, I mean. Yeah. You can't just go out there and say, I terminated the contract because this, that, and the other, and just tell the public. Like, you, it's not, it doesn't have to be public knowledge. Yeah. If Corey it Perry wants to go, you know, on 60 Minutes and, and tell people what happened, I mean, I think he's in the right to do that, mm-hmm. um, but the organization has zero reason or, you know, they, they, they don't have to do that. So, And exactly to that point, like if Corey Perry felt like he was fired for no reason, you don't think he'd be speaking out about that right now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be going, what the hell is going on? He'd be Why? calling his own press conference right now. Yeah. 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 And for all the, all the people out there that are screaming, oh, transparency. Oh, transparency doesn't mean, I mean, they're not going to come out here and tell you their deepest, darkest secrets. Like they're yeah. going to tell you the, 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 the you know, they're going to tell you which direction the organization is going. They're going to tell you, you know, there, there's levels to this transparency. Like yeah. you can't just say transparency and then, and, and, and make it be a thing. Cause it's not like they're as transparent as they could be. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Oh, right on. I think my advice for you want full transparency, win the lottery and buy the team. Then you get to know it all. There you go. Yeah. There will always be secrets. There will be all this stuff that happens behind closed doors. And just like in any workplace yeah. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Well, so the Hawks did make a trade and we did. We just touched on him briefly. Um, Anthony, uh, <laughs> boy, I guess I'm taking Shawnee's place tonight. <laughs> Beauvillier. Turn um, off your fudging phones. Anthony, Anthony Beauvillier was signed or signed traded to the Blackhawks from the Vancouver Canucks for a conditional fifth round pick. Eric, I think you mentioned yesterday the conditions of that fifth round pick are they want the the better of the two fifth round picks from the Blackhawks? Is that what it is or how does that I happen? believe I believe so, yep. Okay, cool. Because the other one was part of another trade. Yep. And as Eric just mentioned, hefty salary, but necessary salary uh, to hit the floor. And a pretty darn good hockey player, actually. Bardo, are you feeling good about this? Uh, this Look, move is good. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a low-risk, high-reward deal. Um, you know, it, it's money just 
tied up for this year. And, and, you know, I, I happen to watch him both, you know, live as well as, you know, in, in person, as well as on TV, you know, being that the Islanders were in my backyard practically. And, you know, he, he was a first round pick and he's got speed, he's got skill. He's a, you know, he's a streaky player, but, you know, he needs to be in a top six role and putting him with, um, you know, w- with Bedard as, as a replacement for Hall. I mean, that, that to me is a solid, solid ad right there. Um, it's not going to move the needle. I don't want people to expect that, but I mean, for him to, for people to say, okay, he's playing with somebody who's got talent. Yeah. He's playing with somebody who has talent now. Um, you know, it didn't work out for him in Vancouver after the Horvat trade and he was right. you know down to the fourth line and, and that's just not the place where he needs to be, but you know, move him here. I could see him actually, you know, doing pretty well. So I'm not going to sit here and predict how many goals he's going to score, but, but, you know, for a guy, he's got, he's got some hands. He's, he's, you know, he could skate. He's got some decent wheels. So yeah, I mean, it's a solid acquisition and, and cost them what a fifth round pick. Who cares? Yeah, it's fine. Seven of them. So. Well, and they had to, they had to do it too. Yeah. To Eric's point. I mean, you know, it's a fifth round pick. That's not a lot. And you had to give up something. I mean, they were at the mercy of the cap and I'm sure Vancouver knew that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so they, oh, yeah, thank that, you. oh, sorry, go ahead, Brent. Oh, I was just going to say, um, oh, Eric. Sorry. no, you're good. Um, <laughs> sorry. That's something that people have been whining about online as well. You know, he has such a bad cap hit and, you know, how did they not get more assets from Vancouver? Well, as you just said, it's a two way street. Yeah. The Hawks had to add cap. Mm-hmm. So what's Vancouver going to do? Say, yeah. oh, well, yeah, take this, take this, take that. Yeah. No, it's the same. It's a two-way street, so it kind of yeah, cancels out. So it ends up just being a fair trade. Yeah. He just didn't fit in Vancouver also. They wanted also cap flexibility for themselves. I mean, they're playing well. You know, they want to be able to, you know, have the have the room to go out and make some moves. And, you know, the timing worked out really well in their favor. So they get a draft pick, and the Hawks just take the entire salary. And it's fine. It works out for both teams. Right. And it expires at the end of the year. Exactly. And you know, they figure out what is the wiser. So. Yeah. And the Hawks either resign them or they walk away. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Now, question about this, you know, and, and we could get in, we'll get into the Hawks roster a little bit, but you know what I would love to see happen in this? Joey Anderson's played really well mm-hmm. the last few times uh, or the last few outings. He's on that line, you know, with, uh, with Mac, with Entwistle and Jason Dickinson, who all of a sudden is a scoring machine mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And, um, is it impossible to imagine a scenario where the new acquisition Beauvillier comes in and they actually contemplate sending Lucas Reichel to Rockford? No, no, I don't think so. I think they're going to keep ah, Reichel up. <laughs> I know. I think they're going to keep him up and they're just going to let him get beat up because that's what oh. they're letting. I mean, it, it, he would, re- there's probably a, a certain point where they're going to say, he's just not helping us and they would have to send him down. But, like, I think they're going to stretch it out as long as I can. They're going to try to do, like, the Korchinski thing. They're just mm-hmm. going to let him screw up and let him screw up and let him screw up. And I don't know that that's necessarily always the best. You know, it doesn't work for all players. It's not. He's just I, he's just not strong enough on the puck. I mean, I don't well, – Yeah. We, we've we've beaten beaten up Lucas Reichel a little bit on the show <laughs> before. But, but so, you know, I don't – I don't know if someone needs to go down now with that acquisition or or someone just needs to be a healthy scratch. Maybe Reese Johnson goes back down. Um, well, I don't think – I think they're good because they lose Perry. 
they lose Perry's slot and they pick up a oh, Yeah, Anderson yeah. came up for Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For the so injured players. Have, so they just have someone else in the press box. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Colin Blackwell, I think, is still up there. He's yeah. Still up there too. Yeah. yeah, he's he's still injured though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a good pickup. I mean, he was a you know Beauvillier was a pretty big asset for the Islanders and that that team that made it to the conference finals mm-hmm. a couple years ago and they they lost in game seven. And he was a big piece of the Bull Horvat yeah. trade coming yeah. back. Huge piece of that. So. Yeah. so and he was on the first line, Beauvillier. I mean, he was a yeah. you know top line player playing with Barzell. So, you know, he that's where he belongs. He belongs in a top six role. He's gonna get power play time. So you're going to see a lot of him in an offensive role. Well, so he's 20, he's 27 years old. His contract yeah. expires at the end of this year. He is not going to cost $4 million a year no. starting next year. So, you know, he is someone that maybe, maybe they do keep him around. Who knows? It's possible. Yeah. So a big congratulations. We shift gears here. A big congratulations to the Bardo who, uh, when we were, Talking about where Patrick Kane is was going to end up during free agency. Bardo stuck to his guns and uh, picked the Detroit Red Wings. And as of yesterday, it was announced in the morning, right before the Corey Perry press conference, uh, that Patrick Patrick Kane signed with the with the Red Wings for one year, two point seven mil uh, per. Boom! Nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> just, just pretty good. But good job, Bardo. Bardo, we will allow you to gloat for a minute, and then we'll talk about the cane sweepstakes a little bit here. Nothing to gloat about. I just kind of connected dots. <laughs> that's really that's all I did. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's it it, it just you know there's, we heard so much over the last several weeks about him missing to Brinkett, and Detroit's kind of you know trying to build something, and you know. It's interesting because um, I was actually talking to a friend of mine um, yesterday who's a big Red Wings fan, um, lives up in Michigan, and he said, you know, look, he's like, the one thing about Iserman is that you put him in a room with somebody, he's going to convince them, he's going to show them he's got a plan, and he's going to convince somebody to stay. And look, I mean, he probably had a vision and, and, and it worked out. And look, it's close to, to his home in Buffalo, where his family is, so it's not that yeah. far. So it just made sense. I mean, are we taking Detroit seriously as a contender? No, but I mean, look that he signed a one-year deal is more or less a prove it. And he's going with people that he's familiar with. Um, you know, I think he knows Larkin. Does he know Larkin from the Olympics or, or probably or something like that? World championship. But obviously he knows to bring it. So, and World even if he puts up some decent numbers, you know, relative to the, you know, the amount of time he plays, then you know what? That could, lead him to getting a multi-year deal next year yep yeah maybe Pretty cool and yeah that comment yeah he is he is wearing 88 daniel sprong of the red wings who was previously 88 is now going to be wearing number 17 so kane is back in 88 and he's now worn half of the original six jerseys which is actually pretty cool um he only plays for original six teams brent does this move the needle for detroit at all no i don't <laughs> like, I, I don't think it does I, to me it's two prong it first yeah. like you said like he wanted to be back with the over patrick kane's career who were the two guys that you heard him openly say i miss him an rm you went to new york right away now you're back with the Brinkat, who was the second one yeah. like for as fun as the patrick kane free agency sweepstakes was pretty boring like detroit was the first team mentioned that's where he ends up going like I, I would love to truly know how many 
other teams were like really in the running in the end. But, yeah. um, but hey, look at that. We're circling back to the beginning. We aren't on shit. So we'll never know. Right. Um, yeah. And can I confirm. when people are like, he's going to Detroit, it's a foregone conclusion. And we were all giggling at him. Oops. Well, and the <laughs> second part of that to me, like, like you said about Iserman, I mean, to me, that's a goodwill move showing to Brincat, like, hey, you're our future. Like, we just gave you a big contract. Yeah, that's you true. want something? We'll, we'll get that for you. So, like, yeah. to me, that's that's a good PR move. And, like, adding Patrick Kane, it's not going to hurt you. Like, yeah. Like, worst case, he plays terribly and you're done after the year. Like, right. Gabe, were you surprised at all? Because I, I don't, and now we're talking about, well, it's a one year deal. And, you know, he's late in his career, and Detroit, maybe this doesn't move the needle. Were you surprised that he didn't go to someone who has more of a legit shot? There were reports. There were reports out there, and I've been listening to a couple podcasts, saying that there were only a handful of teams because he was worried about the travel. He didn't want a lot of travel, um, which probably would have taken Florida out because I heard that Florida and Tampa have two of the worst uh, schedules as far as travel goes. And sense. Dallas was a possibility, but their travel is not great either. Um, so as far as like travel goes, I guess Detroit was good. Uh, the one year thing, like, I don't know. I mean, they said that the, 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 the there was a, a multi-year deal or some multi-year deals out there, but like, How? this is a surgery that no one has come back from and played long-term. Right. Nicholas Backstrom had to retire. There's several other players who had surgery like this. I mean, look at Patrick Sharp. He had the surgery, played one year, and he was significantly slower. Uh, he, he had hip surgery too. Like this is notoriously a surgery where players do not come back at the level of where, uh, you know, they were anywhere near where they were before any of that stuff. So, like, I think to me, a one-year deal makes sense for the team. Now, maybe not for Patrick Kane, and maybe you know, I don't know, but um. You know, there's there's several pieces in here that that you know were involved with you know with the travel and certain teams, and he probably wanted to stay in the United States. And like once you start whittling it down and whittling it down and whittling it down, like I guess it was really the only place he could end it up. Yeah, I don't even know if it would if it would have made a difference, but he actually was told that he probably would need surgery last summer, so that would be the summer of 2022. So he took the year, played the year, and, and then obviously once he got to the Rangers, he looked noticeably slower as time went on. So, you know, he just kind of delayed the inevitable. And then now that he's got surgery, yeah, we'll have to see if he can even, you know, buck the trend and, and come back. So in, in full strength, but I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. Did, did Backstrom officially retire or is he just out for the season? Well, they said he was taking time away oh, yeah, so from the game. But he came back and he just was not like he wasn't doing anything. They yeah. said he was going to take some time away and try to see if he could, you know, right, work on it a little bit. But it's yeah. probably not going to happen. You don't. You're getting older. You're not getting younger. And uh, kinda like, you know, kind of like Taves taking a year off of hockey. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a similar kind of deal there. Yeah. Yeah. So like, no one's come back from this surgery. I think no. someone said Jovanovski might have had this surgery too, and he only yeah. played forty games as well. Like, yeah. yeah. No, no one's played over like 40 games after having this surgery. So yeah, some, some of the predictions out there actually seem kind of fair. You see things like at yeah, 31 games, 18, 19 points. Yeah. That was my, that was what I came up with. Oh, yeah. that was what you did. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that sounds, 
that sounds like it could be. Yeah, he scores some goals. He's got great, you know, he's got great hockey sense and everything like that. And he can put himself in a position to score. But, like, is he going to be hustling back on defense to to back check? No. You know, like, he's going to be out there for one thing. It's going to be to try and score goals and maybe set up to Brinkett and Larkin. But that's it. That's what he's there for. Like He's going to get a majority of his points on the power play where he doesn't have to really move a lot. Um, and then he can just, you know, use his hands and his vision where he can just set up, like you said, right. set up Larkin, set up, um, you know, all those guys and to bring insider, all those guys. Yeah. So he has 451 career goals. I do not personally don't think he'll get to 500. Nope. No, no. And I, he I, might not. Yeah, he might not get to 375. <laughs> I was no, going to say, I don't think he's getting 475. Huh? 475. Yeah, and I don't, you know, Madonna's at 1374 career points, 1,371 career points, and Kane is at 1,237. So I don't, yeah, he's probably not going to catch him. He's probably not going to catch him. That'd be, that'd be short. And yes, yes, Mike Madonna is the highest scoring American born player of all time. We always need to throw that out there. I'm saying American born. No, Brett Hall was not born in America before we get a whole lot of Brett Hall hate here. Mm-hmm. Brett Hall's a dual citizen born in Canada. Anyway, um, Eric, before we move on, thoughts about the Kane signing? Yeah, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I was able to watch uh, Kane had a, a press conference uh, this afternoon with the Detroit media and um yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting to kind of just hear him talk about his decision. Um, you know, he spoke very highly about, uh, you know, his his year um, playing for Honey Bake back when he was in high school, uh, playing in the Detroit area, and, you know, said he really enjoyed his time there. And, uh, you know, obviously being familiar with the city helps. Um, you know, being familiar with some of the players who are already there helps. Um, he did talk about the, the location aspect, you know, yeah between Chicago and Buffalo, it's almost centrally located. Um, I think he was saying that uh, it pretty much cuts the drive time for his dad in half. So I know he he was saying that Mr. Kane is pretty happy about that. Um, uh, To touch on Gates point, he actually, somebody asked him about that, uh, that report about the travel consideration. And he said that was not a factor in his decision at all. Um, and that he he actually had been considering a couple of Western Conference teams and a couple of other Eastern Conference teams as well. So, um, yeah, just those were kind of some of the the things that stood out the most to me during his uh, availability earlier this afternoon. Hope the Detroit media liked his bubbly personality. <laughs> he was as bubbly as always. Yep. Oh God. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. To Mumbles Patrick. the clown. Yeah, it it is too bad that he didn't get there in time uh, to play Thursday to play tomorrow night against the Blackhawks. That would have been pretty cool. Oh, that that was another thing too. Is the someone asked him about that too, and he said that he's targeting next Tuesday in Buffalo for his in debut. Buffalo. That's um, He cool he well. skated with the team today at Madison Square Garden, um, but is not playing tonight. Will not play against the Blackhawks tomorrow, um, or I think they're playing against Montreal on Saturday, maybe. Um, but said that. He's hopeful for Buffalo on Tuesday, but if not, then one of the home games in Detroit at the end of next week. Yeah, it would have been fun to hear the reaction of him at the Garden. So, yeah. So, unfortunately, Chris Chelios is going to have to share the stage with him in February. Chris Chelios' jersey retirement night will be Patrick Kane's 
first game back in the United Center since oh my God. last year's trade. So you got a banner going up, all sorts of stuff. And at some point in the game, they will stop the game and have a video tribute that will bring tears to my eyes. So and nobody gets terminated between that day either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hopefully there won't be. <laughs> Hopefully there won't be any bad news going on. Yeah. Yeah. So back to let's go to the on the ice product right now. And uh, you know, one one thing, you know, I want to get into some positives, right? But you know, the Blackhawks and, and Eric, you know, we might defer to you early on this one because you mentioned something that Kevin, the the Hawks defensive coach, said about Kevin Korchinski and why he is now sticking around, and something to that effect of, well, we'd rather him be up here working on the defensive aspect of his game that he has to work on versus in. Seattle racing around being on the offensive side of the puck, but I, you know, Kevin Korchinski, he's going to be here this year. It sounds like the Hawks aren't going to deviate from that plan. They're not going to eat salary and then send him back, which is possible. You can do that. But last night was really glaring watching Kevin Korchinski almost in fact, give the game away. Um, Eric, talk about that comment made by the D coach whose name I don't know. Is eluding me. Yeah, Kevin Dean. Um, and we're going. To yeah, I, I thought it was a very interesting thought process, and you know, it makes a lot of sense. But essentially, the, you know, the gist of his remarks were, um, we want him here working those kinks out because if he goes back to Seattle, he's just going to fall back into old habits that he had, and he's not going to be forced to be growing and learning he's just going to completely dominate again he completely dominated last year so if he just goes back it's going to be the same old same old thing he's not going to be moving forward at all so they wanted to have him with the team this year to be working out those kinks improving those defensive habits so that for next year he is ahead of the curve with the rest of his age group and the rest of the defensive prospects, and then he's able to start really leaning into the offensive side of his game. Gotcha. Gator, are you buying that brand? Does that jive with you at all? Being a goalie, if Kevin Korchinski's on the ice, you're going, oh, God. Oh, I'm for sure. Yeah, I'm buckle like, up. <laughs> yeah, buckle up, because here we go. Yeah, it's, it's going to be Thunderdome out here. I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, maybe this is part of the, you know, part of the downfall of the CHL uh, agreement where he couldn't go to the AHL and maybe that's really where he should be. Cause maybe it would be bum slaying it's Seattle and it would be a wasted year and all that stuff. So, and they don't have any other choice, but to leave him and, you know, leave him in the NHL uh, maybe. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he shows some flashes and they're really talking him up. You know, you notice why Kaiser hasn't been talked up so, so much lately. Uh, right. They've kind of moved over to Kevin Korchinski. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they, they got to pump somebody up. I guess Kevin Korchinski, you know, he's the young kid who's not quite Bedard, but, you know, young, good-looking kid playing defense, going to be the next, quote-unquote, Duncan Keith or whatever they're going to they're gonna say about him. And, and just keep pumping him up and ignoring the mistakes and just accepting him. Okay, fine. That's what they're going to do. As long as it's not beating him down, as long as, you know, does it matter if they win this year? No, it doesn't. Does it matter right. if they give up 10 extra goals because Kevin Korchinski was on the ice? No. So, like, if this is the way they want to do it, this is the way they want to do it. But, uh, you know, if he regresses and, you know, all this beating that he's been taking, uh, you know, hurts him down the road, like, 
this is gonna this is gonna shine on them. This is gonna be it. Like they've been so bad at developing young players. Yeah. And uh, if this is a misstep by them just throwing them out there with no floaties into the deep end of the pool and saying swim, no like, yeah. you know, you ruin another Tevutier Viner or, a, you know, go down the list of, of players that they kind of ruined the development on, Adam Boquist. And they did a, kind of the same thing to Adam Boquist, you know. They kind of forced him up before he needed to be here. And uh, he just didn't take. And they dumped him early, so. I don't know. You know, I, I could go either way on it, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know what's right and what's wrong. I don't, the CHL agreement, by the way, folks, um, is and someone helped me with this, but I, I believe it's the CHL, the Canadian uh, Hockey League, Major Junior Hockey League, has an agreement with the NHL that players of certain age cannot play if they're pro. If they sign with the club, they cannot play in the AHL. They can only play in the NHL. And they can have an audition of up to nine games before their entry-level contract kicks in. Korchinski has exceeded that. But because he's not 20 yet, he cannot play in the AHL for Rockford and be developed there. Is that correct, Eric? And Brett yep. and everybody? It's, it's kind of a two-prong thing. Like, yeah. the age and where he could play. He could either play in the NHL or he could play back at the CHL or the WHL. Right. Whatever right. CHL encapsulates all the Canadian junior teams, right? But he so can't, he, he can cannot even, play in the AHL, right? Yeah, he could play. Right. He, for whatever reason, I guess they were worried that they were gonna the NHL was gonna steal all the CHL players and well, throw I, them I, all I, in the I AHL. Yeah, I understand that argument from the CHL standpoint because then 18 year olds on their 18th birthday would just jump into the AHL, right. yeah, sign with teens. I get that, but it stinks when you're on the other side of it, like we are from a development now. standpoint. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. It's brutal from a development standpoint because yeah, you, you have bro. situations like this. Yeah. And the only reason that Adam Boquist didn't get stuck too bad was because he was drafted out of Sweden. Right. Even though he played with London, uh, the London Knights, he was drafted out of Sweden. If you're drafted out of the CHL, this uh, agreement is being is going to be held. It's in effect right away. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, like, if Connor Bedard, if they were to say, so if hey, he Connor stayed Bedard, over yeah, you can't go in the AHL. You got to go back to the WHL. You know, right? Well, and that happened with uh, what's his name, Shane Wright in Seattle. Boy, what a fiasco that was. Yeah, last year, and it still is. Did he play last night? I don't even. I don't think. I don't so. think he did. They, they've been jerking around with him, and I've been crying. Yeah, and they're like, "Who are you going to replace? Like, replace anybody? Who cares? It's Shane Wright. He's your first round draft pick. Like, get him out there." Yeah. I mean, so I, the Blackhawks also made it clear that they're not going to send him to the World Junior Tournament, Kevin Korchinski, which they could do. And Brent, what do you? How do you feel about that? I've always been an advocate for that. A lot of people disagree with me, which is fine. You know, people say, "Oh, but he can get hurt there. Well, he can get hurt doing anything." But yeah, it'll uh, be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get the he could get hurt argument, but like he's clearly not doing well here. You can't send him to the AHL. Out of pride, I'm sure at this point, you're not going to send him back to the CHL. No. So give him an opportunity to at least play with guys that are more at his level. Maybe that's the confidence boost he needs. Like maybe that's his equivalent of going down to the AHL for two, three weeks. Yeah. Maybe it's, go, go back over there, <laughs> dominate people like you did last year and. Yeah. Prove to yourself that you can still do it and then come back here and hopefully not get pushed around again. Yeah. 
or well, pull a Kirby Doc and break your arm. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Then there's that. Poor Kirby Doc. Yeah. So real quick, I want to touch base. I know we're we're approaching the hour, but I want to touch base on Nick Felino. Um, you know, a, a guy who came over in the Taylor Hall trade for uh Ian Mitchell and um Alec Reg- Regula, who's now a Providence Bruin. And Ian Mitchell is up with the Boston Bruins, and Boston fans are finding out his merits. He's a healthy scratch, um, is what he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's actually been playing lately, and the Bruins have lost three in a row. Um, so they're seeing their their goaltending tandem is really good, but they're just seeing too much rubber. Uh, Could it be a coincidence? Yeah, yeah. Funny how that works out. Bardo, your thoughts on Felino? He so he gets he comes over with Taylor Hall, you know, roster filler, but he's kind of awesome. What do you think about his leadership? And yeah, he's the de facto captain, is what he is. I mean, he is the unquestioned leader of this team. It has been since day one. It hasn't been Corey Perry. Um, It's been him. So he's been great both on and off the ice. I mean, he's been sort of that lead voice in the locker room, you know, when things are good, when things are bad. Um, And, you know, on the ice, I mean, he's been there standing up for guys. I mean, he's been, you know, playing up and down the lineup. So to me, I mean, he's he's been a great acquisition. I mean, he is like the perfect guy to have. I mean, at least we hope he's the perfect guy. So, um, <laughs> you know, we've been scarred so many times. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's been great. Really, What more can you say? I mean. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Felino, what do you think? Jeff, Eric, I mean, he's very he's very candid in his interviews. He speaks well mm-hmm. about the team. He's clearly still has a passion for the game. When they lose, he's got a lot to say. And he's been a captain in the NHL. So, yeah. like, you know, yeah. he he's just he he's a good leader. He's he's laid back, like he speaks well. And uh I find it funny, like we're here talking about him. He's like the de facto captain, and how everyone was crying. You gotta put a C on him, you gotta put a C on him. Right. Doesn't matter. Everybody on that team knows who the captain is. You do not need a C on that jersey to know who a captain is. Mm-hmm. They know who their leader is. They know who they go to. They know who they look up to. The C does nothing. So, like, why are we in a rush to throw a letter on a guy's jersey like that? Mm-hmm. Where like, You don't need it. You really don't need it. It's yeah. it's a fake It's a fake thing for the fans to look at, and that's all that is. It sells um, jerseys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, another jersey. Let me put an A. Oh, I bought a, I bought a Nick Foligno jersey. Now I got to put an A on it. Yeah, like <laughs> says said five people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got a we got a question here from uh, Kevin Thomas. Kevin, thank you for writing in. And uh, what do you guys think about Brandon Hagel uh, with an E doing uh, as well as he is in Tampa? Hagel with two E's. Brandon Hagel's doing very well in Tampa Bay, and good for him. And I still like that trade. Anyone else? As a Hawks fan, I love the, first, the two first round picks. So yeah. it's a gift, a gift that keeps on giving. And yep. you're going to find out down the road that the, the two first round picks are probably going to equate to more than what Brandon Hagel does in, in the long run. Yeah. It's just going to, that's what's going to be. I mean, Brandon that's Hagel it. was an undrafted free agent and you got two first round draft picks for him. Like, and two players just free that are still on the roster for the Hawks that are playing every night. And they extended him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's great. I mean, that's what they needed right then. They needed Absolutely. an affordable guy that could play where he's playing. The Blackhawks didn't need it at that point in time, and they don't need it right now. Like, yeah. it didn't fit their timeline. They need younger guys. And then his value point. was so high at the time yeah. that they traded him. And, and the, you know, you know, Kevin or Kyle Davidson is in a position, was in a position at the time where 
you know, you are moving assets with the effort to tank. So anyone who has questions saying, well, what do you think of Debrinket now? What do you think of Hagel now? Kane's gone. What if Kane starts lighting it up? Well, folks, did you want Connor Bedard here or not? Like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. In the end, you're going to say, I'm glad we got Connor Bedard. I yes. mean, that's just the way it's going to be. Yes. Uh, it, it, there's no doubt in my mind that yeah. Connor Bedard may be the best Blackhawk that ever suited up eventually down the road. Yeah. Uh, quite, frankly, quite frankly, if we look at, at the roster right now, aren't there like probably like two or three guys that are probably somewhat equal to, to Hagel? Like, you know, Morris Kachuk or, um, you know, Entwistle or maybe a poor man's Hagel? No? Uh, those guys are JB Hagels. You know, I, don't I know. mean, maybe Radish. 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 Okay. He's put it's, in that kind of. Like a Dickinson right now. Yeah, I, 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 I think Hagel's a guy that you could play up and down the lineup is probably a third or fourth line guy on a championship team. Yes. Which is exactly. probably what Entwistle is or yeah. somebody like that. And, and good for Hagel. His value yeah, is very high. They needed, you know, they needed to dump him and they needed to, they got picks for him and everybody's winning in the Hagel trade right now. Yeah. You know, I think it's a, it's a good trade for all, you know. And I don't yeah. think anything would be any different here in Chicago if, they Brandon Hagel, they might even be worse than they are right now if Brandon Hagel was here. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't have Kachuk and they didn't have Radish to fill the, help fill out that roster. And you know, they wouldn't who did they get for that pick? What was it all was it Oliver Moore? Yeah. Yep. They got mm-hmm. Oliver Moore for that pick. I mean, they that guy's gonna be phenomenal. He might be your number two center of the future. Yeah. Right there. Right. Like, he is going to be well, the first that's gonna be a top twenty pick next year. Yeah. Yeah, so, you, you, we should just be praying and hoping that Tampa Bay just keeps losing. Uh, we hope yeah. that, you know, maybe their goalie gets hurt again. You know? And I don't want to say it like that. Teens, yeah. Yeah. Get another pick in the low teens would be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and the rate they're going, they're going to be in the top five with their other picks. So, like, right. yep. two so nice first-round picks two years in a row. Yeah, Kevin, it is a great question, though, you know, because I think that, you know, I think when when Hagel was traded, everyone kind of went, Ugh. And, and when you see old players do well, you know, you wince a little bit and you say, God, I wish I still had him around. And he was a great player. But, you know, in the, in the business aspect of it, it is a no brainer. So, you know, I would, though, like Connor Bedard to stop on a puck every now and then. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and be critical of Connor Bedard. I, if you watch oh, Connor dear. Bedard, folks, what's that? How dare you? How dare I say that? No, but he's. <laughs> He's young, and they're one of the parts of his game that needs refining is stops and starts. He does make Do not a lot of speak ring- of the great ninety eight like that. He does he does make a lot of ring turns? It's a it's a it's an old habit that he could get away with when he was playing with younger players, and he makes a lot of ring ring turns and turns his back to the play a little bit too much. He'll get over that. I'm sure they're working with him on it, but you know they're definitely last night's game. Connor Bedard, I I would venture to say last night's game might not have been his best out of his 20 so far, uh, you know, and it's not just because of points. It's it's for a lot of things. And obviously, I'm sure he had a pretty tough day. Yeah, but, that's what uh, I was going to say. I was like, yeah. I, he, he probably had a pretty tough day, a really tough, tough couple of days. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. which is very unfair for an 18-year-old kid. Um, but all that aside, just, hey, stops and starts. Hey, he's going to be a stud. He is a stud. He's the man. Love him. Cheers. Anyway, oh, Matt Peznarski, another good point. Eagles cap hit for next year is 6.5 mil. That's a hard pass. Add a baby, Matt. Way to come. That's my boy, Matt. That's good stuff. 
anyway, anyone else have any final thoughts, fellas, as uh, we're about to hit the hour mark? Any other thoughts on the Hawks? Anything we've been covering tonight? I mean, just I'd like to watch... circle. Ooh. Go ahead. No, no, you can go ahead. I talked to I was going to say, I'd like to circle back, and uh, I have a nickname for Kevin Korchinski. Um, I will start referring to him as Yeah, Yeah. Because if you ever watch a an interview with him on the radio or TV, when he starts an answer, he is incapable of just saying, yeah, whatever. It's always, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the guy from the Sandlot? It, it's Yay. so Canadian, it's hilarious. Oh, it's like Bedard. Every, every answer he says is for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. They, they got to work on their PR. Yeah, they'll, they'll yeah. Get some media Did you questions. talk to him? <laughs> I'll take care of him. Yeah, it'll 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 turn up. I media train you a kind plenty of times. So here, let, <laughs> let me throw this out there just just as a little silly side uh, aside with uh, Kevin Korchinski. Yeah. Every time I look at Kevin Korchinski, if you don't know who he is, look up comedian Matt Reif. They look like they could be brothers to me. He's okay. a new like up and coming comedian. He's a young dude like, and he's he's getting to be very popular. But look up Matt Reif. It's R I F E. Uh, he's a really good comedian. We'll go watch a special, but um, Kevin Korchinski looks like his brother. Oh, so, yeah. Gotcha. That's cool. a good one. Doppelganger. Brent, you got anything before we go? No, not really. I just... <laughs> I'm just going to go back and kick the shit out of people uh, on Twitter. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm just enjoying that it's not sub-zero down here in sunny Florida. Oh, Apparently, it's going to be 80 this weekend. So Winter everywhere else. We're well, okay, I am sorry for my outburst earlier. I came at you with a lot of anger, and that was unnecessary. Wow. That was a big one there, Jeff. Mm. Where in Florida are you, Brent? <laughs> Orlando. Okay. Nice. Well, we've got uh, the Hawks are um, at Little Caesars Arena tomorrow night. And they've got a lot of hockey games coming up. So uh, that should be a fun one to watch. If, uh, you know, with Detroit and their high-flying offense, you know, there could be a lot of transitional hockey tomorrow. Let's hope for a high-scoring affair and uh, some of our young guys to get some points. I uh, I will add that. All I want tomorrow is a Connor Bedard goal, and he has the cojones enough to be the heartbreaker in person. That nice. would be cool. That would That'd be, be cool. phenomenal. Because you know what? Patrick Kane is running scared from playing the Hawks tomorrow. It's terrified. Terrified. <laughs> Connor Murphy's going to hit him into the sixth row and break his other hip. Connor Murphy. Mm. All right, folks. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And and for all the for the folks that listened tonight, and for, thank you for all your questions and your comments. Some really good stuff there in the comment session, section in the chat group. And obviously, Hawks fans right now have a lot of on their minds uh, with regards to this team, what's going on in the ice, and what's going on off it as well. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us. Uh, some good stuff, and we will be back again next week. On behalf of all my buddies, uh, Andy Campbell, thank you, Brent. Thank you, Bardo. Thank you, Eric. And thank you, Gatekeeper. And uh, we'll catch you all on the flip side. Thanks very much.